Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. We thank you for what you are doing. We thank you for what you will do. Lord, we say, blessed be your holy name in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we ask that your mercy will find us all in the name of Jesus. Thank you, blessed Father. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless us all in the name of Jesus Christ. We are looking at the baptism, the blessedness of baptism. We are looking at the blessedness of baptism. I want us to, I want us to, as we just look into into this together. Oh, sorry, thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. As we look at um, the blessedness of baptism, there are a couple of things that we will share together and we would we could have the privilege of you know understanding and you know when we all teach ourselves and have a view of our things go amen The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 16. The Bible says that all scriptures is, is God's breath. The Amplified is saying, giving divine inspiration, profitable for instruction, for conviction of sins, for correction of error and restoration. The Bible now says there is the part of conviction and correction. The Bible now says it is also useful in training in righteousness. That means that there is a way to be trained in righteous living. It is it is not it is not it will never be just something that when you are going through, you know, when you are having training, you would know. Trainings are available for you to become better at something. Trainings are available for you to know how to identify when something is going wrong and what to do to correct it. So, when it comes to righteousness and righteous living, the Bible says there is a training. There are trainings involved in it. 
Now, I'm going quickly into cyber because when you don't understand, when if you don't appreciate the place of training, number one, you will not even know where you are. Number two is that you only think that it is a gamble, it just happens. Now, I'm saying this, I'm coming to the point of baptism. I just wanted to just um, take this part as, as we go on. So, one of the things that happened to me as a person when the church started, a prophet came and God gave a prophecy. And God said that I should be careful that the time when his mercy begins to use me to a level that pride does not set in. He now said, tell him to go and be baptized. Now, I'm coming to this so that we can understand my little understanding of scriptures. There are two dimensions when you, when you are talking to that. That's why Jesus said, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. There's an aspect of prayer and an aspect of watching. Now, the problem will not be if you don't know what to watch for. If you pray, if you don't know what to watch for. And again, watching is not watching out for something. It's also watching yourself. Now, if there are not trainings by scripture to understand the, the way the script, scripture puts um, protection, safety locks to ensure that you do not fall, you would. The first wrong approach when a prophecy comes to you like that is to first of all say, ah, me, never. Me, I don't be, I don't, those visions is not mine. Do you know who said that? Peter. Jesus said they're going to deny. Peter said, ah, no, me, okay. never. He had fallen even before the temptation came. So the first response, if your first response to things like that is, me, okay. ah, I can never do that kind of thing. They should not be giving that kind of prophecy. You are falling. <coughs> because there is a pattern of that in scripture. Peter. Jesus said, ah, you are going to do this naked. Never. Why? The second thing is that if that is not your response, in that aspect, what are the things that you need to put in place to ensure you don't fall victim? And how do you constantly watch it? The pattern of humility in scripture is Jesus. The Bible says that he, although he was God, he did not rob himself as God. He took off and he took on the nature of... So that means that for Jesus to walk in humility, he had to take practical steps. So when they asked Jesus, what are you doing to ensure you will stay humble? He can say it. So if there are no practical steps, in your training of righteousness, that this is what I am doing 
to avoid this thing from happening to me, then you are in trouble. So this, this thing cannot be, ah, I, I just know, I trust God. No. Jesus did not say, the Bible says there were practical things that he did. So, as a Christian, what are practical things that you are doing? Can I give you an example? The Bible says that practical thing for a pastor not to be sleeping with his members is not prayer. Paul told to Timothy, he said, he said, treat the younger women as sisters. Basically, once I see you as my sister, it will be difficult. So, do you know what to, how to take away that city lock? You were now friends. I don't see you as sister, we are friends. You might be okay, but it's a gradual step. The scripture puts certain safety locks in place so that certain things will not be able to, certain things will not happen. That is why in the, in, in, in the body of Christ, we are calling ourselves brothers and sisters. It is part of safety locks. Does this make sense? So there are practical things. When we were seeing when somebody that mentored me at the time said, Bayo, you will never see anywhere in scripture where Jesus stood with a woman in secret. Every woman he dealt with was in public. You may say that is harsh. What is your own training? When some, you know, and I understand, some of some people have said, no, no, so many people have said to me, ah, stop calling us sir, stop calling us man. That is protection for myself. It has nothing to do with you. It is protecting myself. When you see that walking and he's bound up to greet people, it is protection for himself, for humility. There are practical steps you take. It is not just prayer. There are practical steps you take. He went to a place, he went to one branch, they booked an hotel for him that he should sleep in the hotel for the program. He said, no, I am sleeping with two people in the church. Please, I'm not saying pastors who book hotel and they sleep is wrong. They have their own practical ways of protecting themselves. But his own practical way of ensuring that he remains among his people is taking practical steps. You have been shouting, what are the practical steps that you are taking to protect yourself? Can you count them? Do you know them? So that when they are falling down, you can watch when the standard is falling and quickly push it back up. Jesus, you know, that what I'm trying to say is that in your Christian walk, there is practical measures of protecting yourself. The Bible says that he led obedience by the thing he suffered. It was humility that made Jesus keep quiet. It was part of humility training when they were spitting at him. If they will not spit, part of, see, some people say that, ah, that guy is too weak. That's why people are talking to him anyhow. It is part of training. It is part of my safety lock. 
Somebody may think you are spitting at me, but it is safety lock for me. I know that. You don't know. That's why you think that I'm... I'm no. I am protecting myself. Question. What are the safety locks you will take? So the Bible says when it comes to temptation, you watch and pray. The Bible says flee all appearance of evil. That is safety lock. So when you see anything that looks like I was in uni then, I shared it with you once, when a lady came and it was genuine. It was just the way she was feeling. She had not slept for days. Her stomach was having, I don't know, whatever the issue was. So they, they, they brought her in, the, um, somebody brought her in in my hostel. She came, so I was praying. I was the only one. My roommate's body was not at one. So she asked for people and things like that. So she, she came in. So when she came in, she said that she, she's come to see me. I said, what is the problem? She said, I've not slept for about three, four days. And my stomach and things like that. So I said, okay. I said, it's not a problem. I said, you know, God, there's nothing God cannot do. So she said, uh, he said, please, I need you to lay hands on me. So I said, okay. So she was now saying, no, it is below her tummy. <laughs> I said, ah, I said, okay, 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 okay. I said, sit down. I'm coming. Let me go and bring a bottle of water. I brought water in and make sure my doors are wide open. I took the cutting and flinged it to the other side. Opened my two windows. You know how the Daniel did. I opened my two windows. And I said, Auntie, I will bring the water for you. And that is how I, I prayed the water for her. She, what I knew that she was genuine, that was the way she felt in her heart. It was a roommate that called me and said, Pastor Bible is probably what he said. She has been sleeping since morning. She has refused to wake up. So what I'm telling you is that the issue she had was genuine. But because of her genuineness, it's not an answer for me to take away my safety lock. Does that make sense? So what are the practical steps? You have anger issues. What are the practical steps you're taking? Aside from praying and believing God, can you lay down measures? And if it keeps happening, what you do, you watch the measures you are put in place and see how you can raise them up to the point where you are safe. <coughs> so when we read the case of Jesus, Jesus could, the Bible could narrate practical steps that Jesus did in order to remain humble. So, if I am not going to fall victim of that vision, aside from praying, I need to make sure I am well aware of the practical steps I need to take. I am well aware of practical steps. You know, see, when you see, when I call you, um, when I call you, and they say, well, it will be difficult to you know it's difficult. It doesn't flow. It is protection for me. You know, it's protection for me. It is easy to say, ah, 
uh, hey, Lema, me, um, how are you doing, ma? Ah, I like the way you look old. Can we, you know, it doesn't work out. I have to call you your name before. It may look stupid. I get that. It's okay. But my question is, as I move forward from there, what are the practical steps you are doing to protect yourself? Jesus said, watch and pray. Your practical step will look stupid. It may become, it may be an object of insult. It's okay. For me, I understand what is, is hardened, is boofing up my protection system. It's okay, it's okay. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus. So I'm just saying to us, as we go, you know, I'm just using that prophecy for that, so that because what I'm about to that you don't just think that you know, oh, this is the solution. That is why I first of all said, okay, this vision, and when that vision came, it took me three years or so to properly follow, dissect it before I took a decision. So when that prophecy came, he said, pray. I understand that. Then he said, tell him to be baptized. I wasn't baptized then. Because most of my ties are, you know, boarding school, school outside, <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. And now, the question now is that, why would God make an instruction to say, tell him to go and be baptized? In the journey of dealing with an issue that could make me fall. That's one side. A servant of God called me and was, was troubled about something. And he said, there were some people that were going through, they were saying that uh, they had, they, they were a covenant of families and generations that was disturbing them. And they were, and, and he said, God told him, he said, go and baptize them. So he called me, he said, ah. he said, he doesn't understand how does baptism become a solution to those kind of issues? So I am, I am trying to just quickly, just briefly point certain things to us. So wherever you are, either you have done baptism before or you want to do it again, you understand certain things that is happening. Jesus, sorry, Paul was talking to, to, the, uh, to, to, to the believers that they were, uh, when they were gathered and they were um, serving communion. Paul said that, ah, you are eating it because of, um, uh, you are eating with that understanding and things like that. When you're talking about communion, what I'm trying to say to you is that it was Christians that were there. Do we get that? It was Christians that were there. Now, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26. You would see here that the Bible said, now, when Paul was talking, Paul said, every time you eat and drink of this cup, you are announcing. The question is, who are they announcing to? He's saying that when you gather to eat communion as Christians, you are announcing. The question is, who are you announcing to? Every one of those are Christians. So who are they announcing to? 
what Paul is saying, I think, is that there are spiritual things that you are announcing as you come to the table of communion. I am using that as a point to first of all let us know that when we have these institutions that God has created, they have deeper spiritual connotations than what than what we may see. And when it comes to baptism, you will always see in scripture, Paul will always use something like you know, Romans chapter 6 from verse 3. Paul said, Can you have it? Open? He said, Do you not know that is upon the same? You have been baptized, but you don't understand what has happened. He said, do you not know that all of us who are baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? What Paul is saying is that certain things have happened when you you were baptized and you did not realize the implication of it. So what that means is that you may be baptized, the devil may still take advantage of you because you do not understand what happened when you were baptized. That's why when Paul is talking, Paul will say, ah, don't you know that you are already baptized? And he now went on and he said, therefore you were buried with him in order. So that means that as a result of baptism, there are certain doors certain things that you will now be able to do legally. He now said, he said, he said, if Christ is that, he, he went on to this part, he said, for if we are united with him in death, like, like he is, we certainly, Paul is saying, see, once you have an understanding of what happens to you, at baptism, there are certain things that would that is a must for you to follow. There is a must for you to follow. See, the apostles were very clear on these things. Even when Peter went to Colinus' house. And Corinthians began to they began to speak in tongues in Acts in, in the book of Acts chapter ten. Uh, let's go on, please, quickly. Uh, the Bible says, "Let's let's go on, please." Let's go. The Bible says they receive. The Bible says, "Surely no one can stand in their way of being baptized with water." So, don't, they had already been speaking in tongues. Some of us, God has been using us. But if Peter were to be there, Peter would say, ah, excuse me, go and baptize them quickly. What is the point where the apostles will always quickly refer? Once they see a Christian who has believed, they say, excuse me, go and baptize them. What I'm saying to us is that, see, even when the apostles preached and 3,000 people gave their life to Christ, that same day, the apostles baptized every one of them. Acts chapter 2, verse 41. The Bible says, those who accepted the message, about 3,000 were, were baptized. About 3,000 were added to the church. So, baptism was not... The, what I'm trying to make you see is that it is not just an event. 
is not just an event. But what the issue is that is what Paul was addressing. He said, do you not know? That means that if you don't know, you have been baptized, but there are certain things you don't realize. There are certain things you don't realize. You know, when Peter went on, he said, he said, he said each one of you must repent of your sins. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. He says that, Peter, that each one of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you receive this gift of the Spirit. Now, what I'm trying to say here is that baptism is not done for those who have not repented. That is why there are some debates around people who baptize children when they are just given back to. Somebody must have first of all accepted Christ before they can be baptized. So, and I'm coming to this as we begin to look at certain areas of baptism. You will discover that he said, repent of your sins, turn to God. That means give your life to Christ and be baptized. And be baptized. Jesus saw this as being crucial. Jesus said when Peter, when John baptized, oh no, that's how you don't need baptism. Jesus said, ah no. There are requirements of God. Acts chapter um, uh, three, uh, sorry, Matthew chapter three, verse fifteen. He says, he says, he said, we must carry out all that God requires. All that God requires. Even the apostles, when they were teaching, the way they taught people, you know, in every school, if you don't have, if you don't, if you don't go to primary school, you can never, you know, it is going to be difficult. Okay, let me not even go to primary school. What is taught in primary school, if they don't teach you properly, it will affect you in university. Do you, you know? If you don't know how to spell, or to, uh, what am I going to call vowel and pronoun, uh, 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 tonation, the tonation is, you know, talking about phonics, 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 in a way, you know, it helps you till you get your PhD. If you don't understand it, it will affect you till you get your PhD. You'll be writing project that they will be circling English. <laughs> Excuse me, what is this? What is this? Does that make sense? So, the, the, when we go to Hebrews, the Bible says here that, the Bible says, so let us stop going over basic teachings. Another version will say elementary, the beginning teachings again and let us go instead into mature into our mature understanding we do not need to restart to teach the fundamental importance of repentance from evil deeds from personal faith in god and further instruction about baptism please note the order repentance first faith in god then baptism 
So, what I'm trying to say is that as far as the apostles were concerned, these are foundational things that as a Christian, you need to realize and understand it. Because in your journey, you will keep on referring to it. Just as you will keep on referring to the phonics they taught you in nursery school. All till the day you, even when you collect, become a professor, you still need it. You will keep referring to it. You know, I shared you all last time, you know, when they give you one big grammar and you're trying to pronounce it, what do you do? You go back to your, where they say spell hippopotamus. You are going back to elementary class. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, just quickly moving forward, is that we we saw that you know uh, Mark chapter sixteen verse sixteen, he said, "He who believes and is baptized will be saved." Please note again the order: believing and being baptized. There, there are different, there are two major baptisms that the Bible really, you know, examples in the Old Testament that the Bible normally refers to. But the more established one, as it were, is the baptism that the children of Israel had. First Corinthians chapter 1 verse, you see, again, Paul is talking about baptism. What did he start from? I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact that brothers and sisters that our ancestors were or the fact brothers and sisters that our ancestors under the cloud passed through the sea and they were all baptized into Moses. Okay. I want you to follow it this way as we look at that scripture that we quoted earlier. In the days of children of Israel, where did the blood where did the blood of Christ save them from? Ma? Egypt. But do you know that that is right. Do you know that but they were in Egypt? That means you can be a Christian and have given your life to Christ. What separates you from Egypt is baptism. That's why the Bible will say, believe and be baptized. Even though they were under the blood, there was still, they were still under the jurisdiction of Egypt. The day they chose to be, they followed Moses, and they were baptized in water. The Bible calls it baptized into Moses. That was the day when they were cut off from Egypt. That's why the Bible says that when you die, we are dead to sin in baptism because that is what cuts you off. That is why they were saying, and I think coming back, joining into you. That's why when that servant of God called me and said, I will come and imagine 
that is greater. God said, put them into baptism. If they were not been baptized before, baptize them. What is he saying? Is that baptism cuts the whole person away from the new. When God was saying to me, you still need to be baptized, what he's saying is that ah, they can, there are still possibilities of tampering with you. Go and be baptized. Cut the past away from you. It's not that you are not giving your life to Christ, but you need to be baptized. I'm refining you and bringing you closer to spiritual implications of what happens to a Christian when you are being baptized. When you are being baptized. So the Bible says they were, they were all baptized into Moses. And what the Bible said to us in Galatians chapter 3, the same, you know, the Bible says that it says, so so in Christ, you are all children of God, true faith. You were all baptized into, into Jesus. And you have clothed with, you clothed with the Bible now says, neither is, there is neither Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you all are one with Christ. What, Jesus, what the Bible is saying is that at baptism, your generational issues is officially not down. You are now baptized together into Christ. When the song that we sang earlier says, um, What he's saying is that the God of our Father, so I am not baptized into water, as in the water itself. I am baptized into Christ the same way Peter was baptized into Christ. And when we understand that, once that truth sinks inside of you, either you were baptized before, or you are bat- you're about to be baptized, you begin to begin to understand and begin to bring that truth to reality. You begin to bring that truth to reality. And I'm just going to just Reach through the scripture that we read earlier. Romans chapter 6. This is the Bible lesson that we read. Romans chapter 6. He said, We were therefore buried with him through the baptism into death. Please note what the scripture calls baptism. Burial. When somebody gives their, when you are baptized and you are given certificates, that certificate is your burial certificate. As far as scripture is concerned, that certificate is burial certificate. That this is where Bayo died and was buried. So, when I get to understand certain things, and I see that I am still struggling with certain things that made me before baptism, I can go back to God and say, sir, 
this is the certificate. I was buried here. I have no link to the past. When you understand those things, they will not ask you to buy a certificate. Where is it? We, we, we don't even know. See, most of these things, I know that they give it to us. It, it seems like it is just a piece of paper that is lying about. When you go to uh, apply for a, um, so apply for something, they ask you bring your birth certificate. If you want to go and claim something, somebody died, they will tell you go and bring the death certificate. When those things are issued to you, please don't worry, I don't have one. So it's not a problem. But I know where, when I'm passing where I was baptized, I used to remember the spots. Ah, that was where you were. That was where you were buried. The things I'm talking to you has a lot of God help you to understand. It has a lot of spiritual implications. If somebody is saying, if you are behaving visions, only a good delay for tombarring why? What you need to refer back to is baptism. Because at that point is when you were cut off. That's why the Bible says there is no Jew nor Gentile. After baptism, there is no Jew nor Gentile. If the Bible says, it says, now, this is the other part that we, you know, we, we, you know, we, um, let's go to verse 19. The Bible says that, for we know that since Christ is raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death has no mastery over him. He, he, the death he died, he died to sins once and for all. Nobody dies twice. You die to sin once and for all. And he says that, he says that, and the Bible now says, in the same way, what you need to do, count yourself. What does that mean? I need to call to remembrance and say certain things happened to me. Addictions should not move past baptism. Because at baptism, I was, it, it was cut off. And if he chooses to raise, raise, raise his head again, the Bible says what I need to do is to count myself. The Bible says, dead to sin. So when they told me, by your go and baptize yourself, pride is a sin. So what he's saying is that once you are baptized yourself, you can always remind yourself that by your you died. He now went on, after he says, he says, in the same way, count yourself. In verse 12, he now went on to say, therefore, 
because of your baptism, do not let sin reign over you. That means that you cannot, you can say no. Before baptism, you still fight. After baptism, once this truth is settled inside of you, you say, excuse me, no. It is wrong for a Christian that has gone through baptism to say, ah, this is how I am. You are still referring to the person that died at baptism. Or that was buried at baptism. You know, when somebody died, you can still try to wake them up. But when they are buried, it is gone. The Bible says, for sin no longer has master over us. That means that I cannot be seen. This is just me. I am struggling. The Bible says at baptism, it broke. What the devil is trying for you and me to not understand is not understand what happened to us in baptism. So it's, ah, you want to become pastor, you want to become apostle, you want to become this. Ah, where's your baptism certificate? So it's, ah, let me go baptize, let me baptize. You need baptism, baptism, baptism certificates to be able to. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So what we are doing to, to, today as we come to the place of prayer, is that for those who have been baptized, and see, God will help us as we move even towards the baptism Sunday. There will be a couple of things that I believe that God will be bringing us into. This is just a segment. There are things that should not pass through baptism. The Bible says that you know, um, uh, um, Luke chapter, and this is the difference. Luke chapter three. The Bible says, all the people were being baptized. Everybody was coming, and they were baptized. Do you see the difference? Jesus was being baptized too, as he was praying. So I can imagine people say, ah, you are being baptized, let's go and be baptized. We are, we, are, we are okay now, you know, we are, we are, we are of age now, we should, we, should, we should go and get baptized. So they get baptized. Nothing happened. But as Jesus was approaching baptism, he understood the spiritual implication of what was about to happen. It's the chance that the Bible did not say none of these people were praying. Because for them, it was a normal thing you do when you become of a certain age. Just get baptized and you just continue. But for Jesus, that journey was different. So either I have been baptized before, I when I'm remembering that same season, it should be a season of prayer. 
that I am calling to remembrance that I was baptized on a particular day. The question is that, and is that, what is your own approach to the baptism you have had before or the one that you're about to have? Are you part of the people or you want to follow the pattern of Jesus? Is it a church program? Or is it that thing that would define your future going forward? At baptism, you know, the apostles will never move forward except that is sorted out to people. Because those are foundations by which you will claim on as you go. So as we count, as we sing a song, um, um, that that um, um, you know when the apostles we talk, I just need that from the amplified. The, so Hebrews chapter 6 the Bible, you know we talked about it says the teaching about washing, they call it the amplified call it ritual purification that means something happens as you are being pushed into water and brought forth please you may not feel anything it's okay Practicality of scripture is not about feeling. So you might come on that day, some people have been going in trance. You just go in and come out. It's okay. What matters most is that you know what has happened to you. And as you go on, no matter how long you are, and God gives you grace to serve as a Christian, that day you should always be coming to a, a reminding yourself by your you cannot do this you died oh it is the flesh the flesh died at that point and as we only are we holding the other good song and as we sing that song we just pray a couple of prayers and that will come and lead us in prayer if you still want to join the baptism teachings coming up, you can. Um, just contact Auntie Yemi. Just let her know that me. Let them know. I think, sorry, there's a Google um, Google um, link. I think they'll put it on the church, church chat also. And please, if you want to. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.